0: I hope you are excited for this event on May 18th. I'll tell you what, it is the Pulse event and we're gonna be renting U.S. Bank Stadium and filling it full of teenagers that need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'm excited for this event. And I wanna let you know that Kingdom Builders gave the lead gift as we had this uh, thought of what if, could we ever do this? We partnered with Pulse Ministries and uh, we went and said, hey, we'll be the lead gift. We'll be the first one in. And so Kingdom Builders, you gave $250,000 to this and the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is. So I know your heart is there and I'm praying that you'll be there in the stadium. We'll fill it full of teenagers, young adults that need to know Jesus. And uh, I believe these events work. I wanna let you know that I was saved at a stadium event by Billy Graham Ministries, and I even have my certificate here. It says, this is to certify Robbie Ketterling, like gave his life to Jesus. Robbie, that was my name as a kid. Man, I gave my life to Jesus. I stayed with him. So if you wonder if events like this work, they do. And it all comes down to that moment of decision where people hear the gospel presented and they get an opportunity to respond. And we're delighted today that you get to hear from the person that's gonna do that. I want you to be praying for him. I want you to receive the word as he preaches today. Can you welcome with me Nick Hall to River Valley Church?
1: Come man. Love you. you We believe in you. Let's do it. Man, River Valley family, it's so good to be here. Make some noise, everybody. Come on. Man, we're so fired up. The time is now. Turn to your neighbor and say, The time is now. Come on, the time is now again. Man, we believe it. I want you to pull out your phone right now. Pull out your phone. I want you to pull it out. I want you to open up your alarm. You guys got your alarm. I know it got you to church. I know sometimes it goes off at inopportune times. I want you right now to pull out your phone. I want you to set an alarm. Everybody pull out your phone right now. Let me see your phones. Pull them out. Pull out your phone right now. Open up your alarms. And I want you to set an alarm. And I want you to make a daily alarm right now. I'm doing it right now. New alarm. I want you to set it for 5 8 p.m. Because I think most of us aren't up in the a.m. So we're going to do 5.18 p.m. And at 5.18 p.m. From today until Friday, May 18th, we're going to pray every day that God would use us to fill U.S. Bank Stadium. Are you with me? Is anybody with me today? Come on. We're going to pray every day. So set the reminder. Every day it's going to go off. And at 5.18, I want you to pray for your 5 okay i want you to pray for your 5 how many We're gonna pray for our five. Now listen, at 5:18, we're gonna pray every day for our five. You got a card in your bulletin as you came in. I want you to pull out this card right now. Okay, now you got two things: you got your phone in one hand, you got the card in the other hand. This card is the backbone of every event we do. Now I got the chance to travel under uh, the Billy Graham team, be mentored by Billy Graham, spend time in his home, travel around the world with their organization, and I want you to get a vision for this. Okay, for fifth. 50 years the twin cities was known as an evangelistic hub in fact so much so that for 50 years people could address an envelope to Billy Graham, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's all they needed to put on it. They didn't even need to put a street address or anything. And you know what? It started out of a youth movement right here. And so we are redigging those wells. Is anybody with me today? Man, we are redigging those wells and say, "God, we're believing that the Twin Cities again is going to be known among the nations as an evangelistic sending station, okay? So I want you to pull out your phone, pull out this card. This card, by the time you leave the service, I want you to write down five names of people, and I want you to write them down, and I want you to take this card, and I want you to pray every day. Now, you're going to have a reminder at 518 to pray for them, but don't wait till 518. I'm talking about friends, family members, coworkers. I'm saying who in your life needs Jesus? Pray for him every day. I'll say you take the card, write it down, put it in your Bible, or put it on your fridge, whichever one you open more, okay? Now, That's a joke. It's okay to laugh. I know some of us like to eat. Take two cards. Take two cards when we pray, God moves. Now, right now, what I want you to do, I want you to pull your phone and hold it above your head real quick. All across the campuses, all across the locations, sitting in front of your computer, watching this message online. You are holding your phone up. You feel like a fool right now, but you're holding it up. And as you're holding it up, I want you to think about your phone as an example of all the people in your life. Think about all the contacts that are on that phone, all the social media friends that are on that phone, all the people in your life that need Jesus. And right now we're going to pray that during this service, we would all be compelled to invite everyone to use every bit of influence we have, every social media handle, every status, everything that we have, that we would rally it all for everyone in our lives to know Jesus. To know who? To know Jesus, let's pray right now. God, we're praying right now for the people represented on these pieces of plastic and glass. God, we are praying for their names, God. We're praying for their souls, God. We're praying that you would do something in us today, God, that would compel us and move us to action. God, that we would feel your authority, that we would feel your pleasure, that we would feel your love calling us to go and to take the good news of the gospel to every single person. And God, we're not going to wait till May 18th. God, we're going to start right now. The second we get out of this service, we're going to go tell somebody about Jesus. So God, send us out, Lord. Would you set fire to your word today? Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you compel us to go? It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen and amen. Man, I'm so fired up. I am just so fired up. You know why? Because River Valley is amazing. Can you guys, can we show some love for your leadership of this church? Can we put our hands together? Man, I I don't even know if you know this. I I travel like 150 to 200 days a year. I'm in like 40 different churches every year. And I just want to tell you what God is doing here. It's not happening everywhere. So listen, I know all of us sometimes get a little disgruntled. Say, I wish it was more like this, or I wish it was more like that, or oh man, why is this going on? I just want to tell you, what is happening right here is incredible. So thank God for it. Dive into it. Serve more, give more, go harder. Because what God is doing here, the amazing thing, is that this church isn't about this church. This church is about the church. This church is about the kingdom being built. This church is about every person that needs Jesus. And in the midst of this Pulse campaign, largely through the faith of leaders here and a few other key churches, now over 600 churches are rallying together. And you heard Rob say it already. Man, I want to just affirm it. This isn't happening anywhere. This hasn't happened in decades. This will be the largest next generation focused outreach event America has seen in literally 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And it's happening through us together. Together. And so listen, if you're waiting for a shot in the arm to say, I got to go. Man, if this isn't it, you're dead. You're already gone. Forget about it. Listen, this is the greatest opportunity. Now, I want to show you a picture as we get going here. This is a picture of a mentor and a friend of mine named Mike Montgomery. Now, I grew up, anybody grow up wanting to be like Michael Jordan? Anybody? Any Michael Jordan people out there? I grew up thinking, man, sometimes I dream that he is me. You got to see, that's how I dream to be. I want to be like Mike. Listen, I thought I wanted to be like Michael Jordan, but what I didn't know is that God was depositing in my heart a burden to be like somebody I was going to meet later on. And some of you guys are in the church today or watching online, and you're saying, okay, Nick, I'm not a young person. What's my role with this big Next Generation event? Well, I want you to look at Mike. Mike is a friend that invested in my life. Mike was 40 years older than me. And the reason this has such urgency for me today is just yesterday, as I stand here, yesterday, out of nowhere, Mike collapsed and went to be with the Lord. And I lost one of my best friends. And somebody who changed my life. And so if you're saying, Nick, what's my role in this next generation? You can be a Mike. You can be a Mike. Man, Mike sat with coffee with me. Matt would, Mike would meet with me. He would call me every week. We talk like three times a week. Some all adults or grandparents say, man, are these young people, do they want to talk to me? They need you. They need you. We need you. You say, what's my role? Man, you pray for them you give to him you get behind him mike rallied his whole network behind me he used every bit of influence he had to get behind my life and you know what he wasn't just there from a distance he was there in person you know as i had crazy dreams mike would be there with me we talked about us bank stadium we talked about the event we had on the national mall in 2016 and there were moments i didn't believe in myself and i'm like mike i don't think it's going to happen man <laughs> we are dead We are going to go broke. It's not happening. And Mike would be like, Nick, I'm proud of you. Nick, I believe in you. Nick, God is going to use you because he's called you. You know what? Mike, man, he never never defined my identity, but he reminded me who I was. Man, he didn't define who I was. He, refu- he reminded me who God had already told me that I was. And that's the role. And so I want to see this next picture. This is Mike standing with me on the National Mall. And Mike said, for years, he said, Nick, one day we're going to stand on that National Mall. And Nick, we're going to see a generation changed. And so what's your role? Listen, you pray, you give, and you show up on May 18th. Some of you guys are like, this is for everybody else. No, no, no. You need to be there grandparents, 85-year-old, I want you there. Listen, and if you're prayer marching around that stadium, you be there. And mom and dad with your soccer van, you know, fill it with your kids because they need to see a generation on fire. Man, I'm not praying for 66,000 people to show up on May 18th. Man, let's get a million people to show up on May 18th. Man, let's see the biggest movement of God that we've ever seen. But today, listen, I want to give you this challenge. And we're going to go to God's word in Mark chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, I want you to pull out Mark chapter 2. You see, today we're talking about the urgency. And we're talking about the authority. And I got this statement today that I want us to go back to. And it's the statement It says this. Authority shifts identity. Let me say it again. Authority shifts identity identity. You see, sometimes we feel like our identity is something less than what it is because we don't realize the authority with which we've been called and the authority with which we're under. You see, authority shifts identity. And when we realize the authority we have, There is a supernatural power that's on it. Now, I got a ladder here real quick. I got some props on stage, and uh, we're going to keep it moving today. I got a ladder here on stage, and you'll see on one side it says faith, and on the other side it says people. Now, I want you to see this because this faith journey we're on, it's a step of faith. It's a leap of faith. It's trusting in something that is not our own. When you stand on a ladder, you don't go one foot on and one foot off. That's a quick way to die. You don't do that. No, you put your full trust in its ability to hold you. And as you take a step of faith following Jesus, I want you to see this. As you take each step of faith, God gives you more authority. He gives you more power. He gives you more boldness. And each step of faith is a step closer. Do you see it? Each step of faith is a step closer to people, say people, who need Jesus. You see, some people think I can just follow Jesus and never be around people who need Jesus. That's impossible. It is impossible. Every step closer to Jesus will always bring me closer to the people who need Jesus. Because that's where he is. They're not two different steps. You see, the higher you get in faith following Jesus, all of a sudden you're like, hey. Now, I'm not talking about Christian mingle for all you singles out there. No, I'm talking about this urgency when you're joining the heart and mission of God. You start to see what he sees and see the people around you that need him. You see, it is a power and an authority. And I got something over here I want to show you. Listen, I just want to drive this home. I got some, uh, some little, uh, you know, you're wondering why is Nick so fired up this morning. These are all empty. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. But I want you to think about this. You can't take one of these or one of these... And not have energy. It's impossible. When you get this inside of you, it will keep you awake. How many of you guys have ever taken one of these? Anybody willing to confess right now, I am guilty of taking this toxic whatever this is and putting it in. Man, when you take this, when this gets inside of you, you can't sleep. You are wide awake. You are like, I got to do something. I want to tell you it's the same way with the authority and the spirit of God that's within us. Man, if we have the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, the person of the Trinity, the third person of the triune God sent to us and with us, then we can't keep it to ourselves. Okay? Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, it says this. It says, a few days later, Jesus entered Capernaum. The people heard he'd come home. They gathered in such large numbers. Say large numbers. Some people say, oh, Nick, you guys are about too many people. Is this all about big events? No, this isn't about big events. It's about people. It's about people. But you know what? I am thankful that heaven's gonna be a big event. I'm thankful that heaven's not going to be a small group. Like, I am thankful that heaven is going to be a party. I'm thankful that there's going to be every tribe, tongue, nation there. I'm thankful that we're all going to gather. And, man, it's going to be the biggest rock concert Jesus gathered. Now, old people are like, rock concert? I'm not excited. Okay, it's going to be the biggest symphony orchestra. You know, it's going to be the biggest Gaither concert. Whatever your thing is, it's going to be so lit, as the young people like to say. Listen, Mark 2. This says, so many gathered, there was no room left. And some men came, bringing a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Carried by four of them. How many? Carried by four. I want to ask you as we continue on, who are your four? Now you got five you're trying to reach, but in Mark chapter 2, Jesus says there's four guys that are together in the mission together going after it. You see, we need each other to hold us accountable to the five. We need somebody. I want you not just to go after your five. I want you to ask somebody else. Say, hey, I want you to hold me accountable. I want to tell you the names of these five. I want you to ask me how it's going. I want you to pray for me. When I go home for Thanksgiving, I want you to ask me, hey, how did it go with your brother? How did it go with your sister? When I go to work on Monday, I want you to ask me on Tuesday at small group, hey, how did it go? Did you have a conversation? And you know what? Some days you be, like, oh, man, I tried and I just couldn't do it. But you know what? They're going to be, hey man, it's okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep going after this. Because we're in it together. Say together. You see, there's some kind of authority we have. It says they came carrying a paralyzed man. Now since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. It says, verse 5, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, when Jesus saw their faith. It's your picture. Jesus looks at the four. He saw their faith. He saw their faith. Say their faith. their faith. Now this reads like Jesus actually responds to our faith to save our friends. Like it's not just about our friends being willing. Jesus actually responds to the faith that we have for our friends because they don't have the faith. They don't know Jesus. They don't know what they're missing. And so these four friends are so relentless. Jesus, sees their faith and then he looks at the friend and he says, your sins are forgiven. Greatest miracle of all. Your sins are forgiven. Man, this is like heaven is rejoicing. There is a party going on. This is the greatest thing that any of us can be a part of on earth is seeing people know Jesus. And this isn't for some of us. This is for all of us. The call of the evangelist isn't for some. The call of the evangelist is for all. Man, this is for all of us. Now, I am a proclamation evangelist, but my gifting and my role is to stir up in you the passion that God has in you and for you to do the work of the evangelist. This isn't just for some people. This is for everybody who says, I'm following Jesus. Because what did Jesus do? He was on a rescue mission to seek and save the lost. So for me to say, I'm following him without going after them, makes no sense at all. Are we in it with him or not? Do we want Jesus or not? It's a question of authority because authority shifts identity. Again, Mike believed in me, said, Nick, you can do this. You can do this. I'm proud of you. Now, Mike wasn't giving me my identity And as I was weeping yesterday, thinking, how am I going to make it without my friend, without my mentor? And I was sobbing. I was just crying out, God, how am I going to do this? It's like the Holy Spirit reminded me your authority was never given from Mike. Mike was just there as a vessel to remind you where your authority came from. We need a generation standing in the gap on behalf of this lost generation. Say, come on, we believe in you. Your time is now. We want you to go further than us. We're gonna we're gonna carry your bags. We're gonna be there with you. Man, we're gonna have earplugs in on May 18th, and we're not gonna enjoy any of it, but we're gonna be interceding for souls, and we're gonna be ministering to people in the concession stands. Because I'm telling you, May 18th isn't just about the people we're inviting, it's also about people who they're already on. On their schedule, getting paid to pop popcorn on May 18th. They're getting paid to be a security guard on May 18th. They think they're going for a job. No, they're going to get saved. The Holy Spirit has a date on the calendar for them and says, I brought you here for this. Young people are going to be in the venue. You're maybe going to be the one out there ministering to those in the concourse, standing outside saying, what in the world is going on? And you say, let me tell you what's going on. There's a party that's coming, and you're invited. Do you have your ticket? Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Because eternity is real, and life is a vapor, and we got to be about the authority and the mission with which we've been called. Now it says here, verse 6, it says some teachers of the law were sitting there and thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now these are like bloggers. Social media trolls. Says, oh, River Valley. Oh, event evangelism. Jesus like, you guys are idiots. That's what my version says. He says, immediately knew in his heart what he, they were thinking. And so he said, what is easier? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier for me to say, take up your mat, walk, and go home? He said, but I want you to know. I want you to know that the son of man has authority. Say authority. Authority. The son of man has authority, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He's like, hey, just so you know who I am. Just so you know, the business I came here for. I'm about to show you a little something. I'm about to give you a little glimpse into the power that is in my fingertips. That when I snap, things move. When I talk, the earth is created. Do I have the authority? Are you kidding me? Who are you Know you're talking to right now? I am the word became flesh. I am the son of man. I am the son of God. I can only do that which I have seen from my father. I'm here doing my father father's business. I am called. And yes, I will say, pick up your mat and walk and go home. And how many of you guys know there might just be some miracles in the flesh on May 18th. There might just be some people that come in a wheelchair on May 18th. May 19th, they're running the Twin Cities Marathon. They're saying, let's get after this thing. I'm telling you, God can do anything through anyone because it's about his authority, not our authority. The man got up, took his mat, walked in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. They praised God. Now I want you to just flip back in your Bible, one page, just two pages back, Matthew 28. Just cross-reference this word, authority. Do we understand authority? Do we understand authority? Jesus, Matthew 28. And I was doing some research because I'm like, I don't want to be one of those like bad preachers that just uses words. So I'm like, I don't really know much of the Greek. I don't really study the Greek. I'm like, I don't know much about that stuff. But I'm like, I'm just going to do a little cross-reference. And this, this word is exousia. Exousia. And it's the word for Authority. And it's the same word in Matthew 28, Jesus uses, as he uses in Mark 2. It's the same exousia, this authority. It's this God-given authority. It is an authority by which we are led, by which we are called. It's kind of like at your job. Your boss has an authority. In most of our workplaces, it's not their authority. They're representing a higher authority. At River Valley Church, if you're on staff, you're here representing an authority of the church. You're representing an authority that Jesus launched. And you're standing with that power, with that authority. And Jesus says in Matthew 28, he says, all authority. Say authority. authority. He says, all authority. Now you just kind of okay, Jesus, how much authority? What are you talking about? He's like, well, all authority in heaven and all authority on earth. So how many of you guys know that's pretty much everything? All the authority in heaven and all the authority on earth has been given to me. He says, therefore, what? Therefore, what? He says, listen, I want you to feel this exousia, this authority, this power. I want you to feel what it is I'm depositing in you because it's about to move you from here to there. Your identity is about to be shifted. You see, authority shifts identity. Let me just say this. Some people, we get so afraid of talking to people about Jesus because we don't understand the authority that we have in Jesus. Man, it's kind of like a baby. And if you guys have kids, you know what it's like. You give birth and you, you, you it's just this painful process. And there's this, there's this room where all the newborns are. And it's like they're there in that room and it's like they got name tags. But those newborns, they don't even know whose family they're a part of. They don't even know anything about their story. They don't even know anything about their future. But it's like then they're brought home. You know, then they're brought home. And then as they grow up, it's like, man, you're a part of this family. Everything that this family has is yours. Everything that we're about, you're now about. All the inheritance, all the power, all the authority. Man, you have been brought into this fold. It's a supernatural authority when it comes to the spirit of adoption. That God says, I'm going to make you mine. I'm going to call you. Man, you maybe don't know your mom. You maybe don't know your dad. But I'm about to give you an authority. Now, I love it. God's word says he uses the weak things, the foolish things. says his power is made perfect in our weakness. Man, I love that because sometimes it makes me feel like, oh, God, if you can use weak things then, God, I'm like Rambo. God, I'm like, I'm telling you, I don't know who your hero is. Maybe you're like, oh, man, I could be like Wonder Woman in the spirit. You're like, man, I'm about to get my inner Wakanda on, you know. Like, I'm about to get it going here in the authority that was given to me to go. You know, we were college kids in North Dakota when this whole Pulse thing started, and we started praying for our friends. And we started to read passages like Mark 2. These guys carried their friend. They carried him. And they dig through a roof. They are digging through roofs. In Mark 2, they're digging through roofs. People said, Christianity's boring. I said, you haven't read the Bible. There's nothing boring. This book is crazy. This is the most life-giving, powerful, transformational. You cannot say, I mean, boring? What are you talking about? Abraham 75 years old. Abraham, leave everything. Go to the place. I'll show you later. That is nuts. Hey, Joshua, go march around that wall a few times and blow some trumpets. Hey, Gideon, take your army down from thousands down to 300. Hey, disciples, go and preach and cast out demons and greater things than I did. You're going to do because the authority is in you. We start to say, God, we want your authority, God. God, we need your authority, God. God, we don't want to do it. We're scared, God. And you know what? When you ask for it, he gives it. Some boldness comes over you. You just go, God, this is awesome. We're going to march. God, you pray, and then you put feet to those prayers. You pray. You put feet to You say, God, I'm praying for the things that I know is on your heart. And I want you to know, River Valley, God has sent me here today to stand in the gap between you and the people in your life who today are bound for hell. And he sent me here today to appeal to you and say, please, please don't value your reputation more than their eternity. Don't value your status more than who they are and who they are made to be. Because you have an authority, River Valley, and it is not your own, but it is from the Spirit of the Lord Most High. There was a girl in our prayer group, she said, I feel like God's called me to get a job, and it was to get a job at the strip club. We're like, What? You're gonna go be a stripper? She says, No, you guys are idiots. She said, We know, we're trying to recover. She said, No, as I was praying and crying out to God for who needs Jesus, I saw a job listing for cooks at the strip club in Fargo, North Dakota, and I felt in my heart, Who's loving those girls? Who's loving those girls? And so, you know, we started a prayer walk around the strip club outside of it. Saturdays in the dead of winter in Fargo. I said, God, would you, Lord, we're going to go around seven times. And if the walls don't fall down, we're sending Jenna in. You know what happened? Because of the authority, some of those girls started to come to our church. Started to come to Jesus, started to get saved. So we say you can't go to this, you can't go work there. There's there's sinners there. So wait, that sounds like something Jesus would do. Whose authority are we living with? Man, there's five people, 518. Pull out your phone, we're gonna rap like this. You have an authority. You have an authority to carry your friends. You have an authority to plow through some rooftops. You have an authority that is far beyond anything that you can even understand. It's not some flimsy children's authority. It's not this kind of like... Home Depot plastic set, this is an authority from God that God is saying, are you about to start to live in the authority that you've been given to start to tear down some principalities, to start to tear down some generational sin, to start to come against the lies of the devil? I want you to hold your phone up right now. We're going to pray. And if you're here today and you need Jesus and you need his power and you're saying, God, I want to use your authority to go after my five. I want you to stand if you're here and that's you. I want you to stand. And we're going to close with this prayer of commissioning right now. And if you're here and you're willing to commit, you're saying, I'm going after my five. I am going to do everything I can for my five. And if you're an older person, you're saying, man, I got some grandkids that need Jesus. And maybe you got to book a plane ticket for them to get here. Listen, we're standing saying, God, use us. Lord, right now we surrender. We're praying that you'd fill us with your spirit, God. We're praying that you fill U.S. Bank, God. Lord, not for an event, but God, we want a statement of your glory, God. We want the whole world to know that there is a God in the Twin Cities that saves. And God, that we are not a bunch of uh, pansy Christians who are ashamed of you. But God, we got an authority because we are going out with the love of Jesus. So God, we just commit our lives to you. And Lord, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do, God. One day at a time, God, use us today. God, send us out to somebody that needs you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.